Reader Mail. Number 10. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation podcast slash Reader Mail podcast. Ding. Of course, I make a, a big statement last time and then I ruin it myself. I was just thinking that. Yeah, but oh well. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me for majority. I'm, I'm never going to let you live that one episode, that one episode down. down. Either way, I'm proud of you for being here for the rest of them. But yeah, uh, Mr. Saul Bridges. <laughs> you threw me off because I say Saul Bridges. So you just said it for me. So this is... Hey, and this is Saul Bridges Mail. bringing you guys lucky episode 10 for Reader Mail. For those that don't know, this is a deviation from our normal podcast where we host those every Monday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Nope. And 10 we chug Dr. Pepper dark berries. 10, 10 a.m. Like this is a mess. Crunk. 10 a.m. PST, noon Central Time over there on uh, YouTube and all podcast services that you can find, as well as uh, earlier episodes on Patreon. Uh, when we get around to that here real shortly. And, uh, of course, you can find this, Reader Mail, a more personalized, more M-rated production every other Friday. And, uh, of course, pretty much Wednesday nights, Wednesday morning, Tuesday nights on Patreon, uh, if you're one of our patrons. Uh, we pretty much release it as it uh, gets done finishing up processing and everything. So you get it a couple days early there. And we ask you guys to ask us questions every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday across Twitter, Discord, YouTube comments, Patreon. And Facebook. Saul, I absolutely love letting you start the show. Well, you, d- you done threw me <laughs> off through a loop. I did it perfectly last episode. Everybody who watched last episode knows. But then you threw me off by saying my name, and I'm like, wait a second. Yep, I, I ruined everything. I introduced myself, not you. And then I was like, lucky episode 10. And then I was like, okay, let's talk about this show. I know what we'll do. We'll come to a conclusion here. This is going to be the... We're meeting up, and this is going to be our... Uh, why can I not think of the word right now? Where two people... Um, compromise. Our compromise for this situation will be the next episode official of the show. You can open up and then you can introduce me <laughs> and yourself and then we will be even. So No, no, no. Let's just keep this like where you introduce the show then I'll take the intro for Reader Mail. I like that. Fine. I'm used to that. You see what happens when I'm not used to things. And I ruin it. All right. Yeah, like Saul said, these are far more loose and we can go anywhere with these. So just in case you are used to the main podcast being safe for work, uh, this could get into some sketchy territory. Uh, But I think we're going to start off hitting off with some of our Facebook questions, move over into Twitter, and then finish things up with our Discord. Uh, So like he said, if you want to give us any questions, you can head over to any of those places and drop them in where we normally put posts up on Facebook and Twitter. And we have a dedicated channel for it in discord so if you ever have a question pop in your mind go over there throw it in the discord if you're there but i'm gonna start things off with a new at least as far as it goes community member in terms of interacting with us mr danny Candyman via yobos and i probably messed up your last name to be honest just tell me if i did uh and tell me how to say it next time i have it right uh, but he said, uh, reading the God of War novelization currently, and I'm having a great time with it. Not only does it tell the story almost exactly as the game, it goes more in-depth with small details that were not explored more. Mainly, they go into Atreus's thoughts and what he was doing while Kratos was away in Alfheim. What other games would you like to see be novelized, novelized to see more of the plot be explored? You know, that's a really good question. It's a great question. I, I assumed the question was going to go to what other uh, novelizations are your favorite? And automatically had Halo novels in my head. Uh, Which that's are any some... of the Halo novels? And, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, you're, you're... Are any of the Halo novels 
tie-ins exactly to the game story, or they are all extended universe to an extent. Uh, right? Reach was the prequel that, of course, had a game made after it. Yeah, uh, but it was except, a book first, right? Except in the Reach novel, uh, it followed. It actually followed uh, Master Chief when he was a kid, as oh. well as the other ones that were mentioned in Reach, uh, which, of course, Master Chief wasn't really present in for the game. But uh, I'm trying to think of the timeline here so I can get the question right. It goes Reach... First Strike, The Flood, and then The Ghost of Onyx. And The Flood was uh, pretty much a novelization of Halo 1. Okay. But then the rest are surrounding it. I don't think I have that timeline right. But, yeah, like, I never thought of, I thought well, about that. Like, Atreus having more, char- not character, but it being more developed in the book. Well, okay, so a thing about the game, in this part in particular, it's not gonna be, I'm not going to go into really huge spoiler territories by any standard. Uh, but these parts of the games get pretty interesting because... Uh, when Kratos was away in Alfheim, there's a specific story he's talking about, and, and Atreus is just gone, and we don't see what he has going on at all. And what seems like a few seconds uh, ends up not being that situation in, in the real realm. And what happens is that you don't know ex- at all what happened to Atreus in that entire time. So it's cool to let a book go into that. And another thing I think would be really cool, and this does, again, lightly tread into potential spoiler territory. So if you want to just... Hit mute for a few seconds, and then I will, um, you know, I don't know how to, how to get out of that. But there's a part where uh, something happens to Atreus, and uh, Kratos has to take him somewhere. And in that particular situation, uh, Corey Barlog, the person who wrote the game, actually talked over and over again about how they actually wanted to have way more involved with that. But because of budget and time constraints, they had to cut it down to something a lot more simple that could still show what they were going for. And I think what's cool about a novelization is that because it came after the game was already so successful, they could choose to go more in-depth with that the way that Corey originally wanted to and explore a part of the game that we originally were meant to see but didn't end up happening. Uh, so I think that's a good way to go about that. As far as another game that I would like to see be novelized so I can see more of the plot, I think that I really like what this is doing where you're novelizing uh, the main story, but you're allowing parts to where in in game and in gameplay it doesn't make sense to expound uh, on certain areas because it's just going to break the flow or the pacing too much but in a book you can do that because you can find a way to more intimately tie it in because you're not worried about gameplay systems and all these other things uh, and of course budget and time constraints like that so in this particular case I th- I'm trying to think of games that fit the need that and I, I, a, I think a lot of them the other thing is some of them have been done I right? have a perfect one that Could, has never been done in my knowledge go ahead a, a pure novel to that novel I was novelization novelization I was just saying that word perfectly fine a minute ago but <laughs> Uh, a, a, a pure novelization has never been done of anything in the Final Fantasy series and that would be dope to me you know I think you're right I don't think that there's ever somebody correct me if I'm wrong uh, but before you do that I'm going to correct myself and say that uh, First Strike was in fact before the flood but anyways um, yeah the it would be really cool to have Final Fantasy 12 specifically a book because that sounds like honestly if you if that came out as a book first like 20 years ago that would be on Dune levels of high fantasy uh, oh, and popularity. Yeah. So I think that that would be something. 12 really has a great play. story. I think where it hit a lot of people weirdly. There's a lot of cool technology. Was the too. gameplay. Yeah. And not that it was bad. It's just I remember it coming out and it was real divisive when it came out because of that. Uh, but yeah, I could see that. And there's a, and it's a, also, you know, you follow a single character, but there's a, t- a lot of other characters that you can explore more in depth than a game chooses to typically in those moments. Final Fantasy is a pretty good one. 
Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind as much as this may sound crazy because I think the DLC has done this to an extent, but the game is kind of out. While we're on the case of Final Fantasy, because of how bad it was at launch in terms of the story, I wouldn't mind seeing the original intention for 15 without all the oh, weird stuff. Versus. Seeing what, yeah, seeing what 15 was going to end up before whatever, you know, because there was, that was really restarting development over and over and over again to the point where the game that we got from Final Fantasy 15 was a game that they developed in like two to three years, not a game that was developed over 12 years like you would think um, with the original uh, unveiling of 13 Verses. The original premise of 13 Verses didn't hold really at all. The only thing that he ended up keeping from that was the character set list uh, for the most part, and that was really just the main group, and they still changed some of what they did and looked like, uh, but kept names and stuff. I think 15 would be an interesting one. Uh, where I was going to go with it would be near, but a lot of the Nier and Drakengard things actually do have book adaptations that dive into other things, or really I'll say media across the board, because there's a uh, Nier Automata is actually a sequel to a play that... You know, uh, that um, <laughs> Yoko Taro. I was, you were literally about to say it. I'm like, why is he not saying it? Uh, anyway, you but, literally said yo, and then you stopped. I know. I'm like, I don't know where my brain went, but it went somewhere. Anyway, um, so Yoko Taro did a play that was mind. specifically about uh, all the people leading up, and it includes A2. Um, and it talks about how A2's unit got to where it was, and then this is a sequel that happens after that, and that's where the idea came from. Uh, and then there's also books and stuff that he's done or written things that they've done and performed in different ways uh, that go into extra stuff that leads into Nier Automata, things that lead after Nier Automata. There's books and stuff that tie into specifically uh, the original Nier and some of the Guard stuff. So um, I think that a lot of them have been done, but Final Fantasy is a good one, and I think it's a great way to take really big huge worlds like that and be able to expand them even further even though you're talking about final fantasy games which tend to have stories that are in the 30 hour plus well that's range. the beauty about a book too is that something that could take you four hours to do is like 10 pages exactly yeah so anyway uh with that thank you danny appreciate yeah, you hope you. to hear more questions from you i uh, hope you enjoy the the group i'm gonna start trying to be more active in it and that's something i gotta keep trying to press on but um we will work on that for sure. Uh, next up, though, Mr. Josh Hoop asks, best dog slash cat in video game history and why? My cat I had in Minecraft. Your Ocelot? Yes. Okay. They follow me around everywhere. Okay, there's a game called Fur Fighters for anybody who wants to hook it up. It was a Dreamcast game, or at least that's what I played it on. It was probably on other systems. came out in June 23rd of 2000. Uh, and the main dog's name was Rufus. Um, and, you know, I love that game, and I'm very fond of it. It's one of the earliest games I played, even though it was hell to play on the Dreamcast's one analog nub. That's my boy right there. <clears throat> anyway, um, good times. Uh, and if you've not played the game, it's super aged, and I really probably wouldn't tell you to play it, but it's so tied to my memory that that's kind of like one of those earliest dog examples. And it's just something tied to me because I love that game. I have a big, uh, big soft spot for it. Um, you know, based off of my man, my brain is just not want to work right now. <clears throat> Nostalgia. There we go. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Rufus from fur fighters. Why? Because honestly, just cause it plays a big part of my gaming history in my childhood and my kitty cat, my ocelot in Minecraft. It took me like a good, <clears throat> Like two days to chase him down with a fish in my hand to get him to love me. Back when it was harder? Yes. Early days? Back before I think you could actually have domestic cats in the game now. I think oh, you I, yeah, you're right. Cats. You can have a real cat. I'm pretty sure you're right. 
Sony, get Minecraft Realms on <laughs> PS4. Well, hey, they're they're bringing uh, EA access to PS4. Anything's possible. Anything's possible now, except yeah. emulating PS3. <laughs> uh, saw Mr. Josh Drago ask, did you so saw that video of him doing fart sounds of Game of Thrones? Yes. <laughs> and that was not me, but I can see where you're coming from, Josh. That was my twi- evil twin brother. His name is Zal, and uh, he comes from the planet Mektar. Yes. Okay. Uh, going back to Josh Sheep real quick, he says, Can Saul sing like Frank Sinatra? Can Brett sing like Little Richard? I can't sing. I'm just going to save you that right there. Let me make sure that I'm, I'm right on who Little Richard is. Okay. I can't sing like Little Richard. Though, you know, I could probably get a little close. It's not... You know, I'm not going to do it on these microphones because we don't run the right type of compressor for me. I have to really lean back and not blow this mic out. Um, Get your um, non-sponsored water bottle out of the way so I can see the audio levels. Thank you. I just don't want another reader mail incident to happen again since we're we're on strict The curse of the reader mail? Well, I was going to say we're on strict times today just because of my selfishness of wanting to play Destiny and get... I don't blame you, so. Perfection. We do this for the passion and the love, but also that doesn't mean we should let it get in the way of other things, right? <laughs> all right. Um, so, Saul, do you think you can sing like Frank Sinatra? I can't sing at all. Oh, actually, you know the closest, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, you know the only person I can sing or any style I can sing as? That's Mark Hoppus because he's already monotone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that one of these, uh, very soon y'all will hear Saul's sweet, savory yeah, voice. Sh- You'll see it. You'll see it the same day you see this. If you're not a patron, right? Friday. Uh, yeah, well, I don't say it I, now. I think so. I don't say it now. There so. is a couple of other things that we have to make sure are set in place before we put the teaser out. But it's no. Uh, we already got the record dates and stuff down. We're good. I think we do. So we should be okay. It'll just be three weeks out. We will see what happens. I'm not going to guarantee anything yet. But uh, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, and also and your ears closed. <laughs> Because I've still kept that as my ringtone. <laughs> I just want you to know, Blaze made a great idea. He said we should give that ringtone out to patrons once we okay. get going yeah, into I'll do it. That. And I think that would be pretty I'll funny. I'll copyright strike my voice. What's funny is we could give them your entire take. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't I don't agree. I don't sign that copyright there. You don't consent? Okay, nope. next question comes from, uh, let's see, the next two are Josh Soup, and we'll get those out of the way real quick. It says, without saying both, what is the stronger slash more important quality somebody could have in life? A strong mind or a strong heart? Heart. The only thing that gets me weird about these uh, questions like this is that you do have to kind of play this game of what exactly does someone mean when they say heart? Nope, just heart. Just somebody that means well. I don't care if they're dumb as bricks, but if they mean well, they try hard because they want to... But he's saying which one's more important... To me, heart. ...quality somebody could have. And the only reason I say that it might be mind, I think I'm going to lean towards you. The only argument I have toward mind, though, would be specifically the fact that if you're not very strong of mind, regardless of how strong a heart you are, eventually things can break you. Well, you're just Forrest Gump. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you love Forrest Gump. I do love Forrest Gump. Imagine meeting somebody, the dream of your... The cream of your crop, and <laughs> and uh, I really wish you would have said the dream of your crop. The dream of your crop, and uh, the dream of your crop. They don't have any emotions. They're just like I love you. It's just like cold. Yeah, but I don't think that he's saying it has to be a, a weak heart. But I, I think I agree. I do tend to. I am very much my moral compass rests rest very much not entirely, but it rests very much on intention. Uh, and not all intention is obvious. To be fair, and definitely when you're dealing with text and something like that. But I mean. In this particular situation, if I'm thinking of everything happening out in the real world, I, I stay I stay hard as well because of that. I think when you look at that situation, if people mean well, 
typically I'm, I'm with them. And I think that that's a better quality to have because a strong mind doesn't mean that you're not going to be doing manipulative stuff and whatnot. So uh, let's see. Last question from him. He says, as you are both gentlemen in your mid to late twenties, y'all are kids to me. That's what he said. Uh, what would you say is a better knowledge to know as an adult book smarts or street smarts and why books? 100% sure. Because I'll tell you this, if you are book smart, eventually with enough public, Exposure, you will become street smart. It does not work that the other way around as easy. Fair enough. Fair enough. As easy. I'll, I'll say that. You could easily be street smart and become book smart. It's just much harder to make that transition and then the, instead of the opposite. I, I, I think I see where you're going with it. The only reason... Like if, if you if you come out the, world, I think it really depends, right? Because if you're too book smart and that's really essentially all the knowledge that you really have, then you have no real perception of the real world, right? No. Perfect, perfect example of this, and and I'll just bring, and I'm curious because I don't know if you knew anybody who who was like this growing up, uh, but one of the big discussions around why you don't typically um, homeschool your kids. Uh, and is, they don't get the public is that you, exposure. They don't understand social cues. Uh, they don't understand culture uh, that happens with their age. So, like, you know, people who are homeschooled uh, whenever we were in going to school are not going to understand the same cultural things that were going on while we were in school and all talking about it unless their parents are very, like – very active in making sure that the kids are involved in a lot of extracurricular stuff, which is really hard that, to do. I do think that that um... – but that's why I say, excuse me, uh, to an extent, street start street smarts gives you a little bit more of an all around edge because it gives you the ability to more reasonably talk to somebody, more reasonably understand cultural references. Yeah, I mean, cultural cues. Yeah. But with being book smart, you you know you'll you'll know English real good. <laughs> so, I'm gonna stick with street smarts. I'm gonna stick with book smarts. Gotcha. Thank you, Josh. That's a good question. That's a good question. All right, let's see. <clears throat> Get up to this next one. Josh asked another one on a different date. Lime or green apple Skittle? Green. Uh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That was a trap. I thought it was lime or green apple. Uh, that was the case. I was going to green apple. Uh, no lime. Like, all the way that we... Uh, I, lime is the classic green Skittle, right? Yes. Lime is the is the green Skittle. You can have the whole handful and throw it in your mouth, and it won't taste funky. See, that's where I was going to go with it as well. You don't eat Skittles one by one. You, I'm proud of you. I know people who do it. No, you're weird. Me. You're weird. You I know people take that. Now as a this life one's fact. real weird. I know somebody who separates them by colors and then takes a handful of that one color. No, that's just too obsessive it's, for me. Yeah, me too. I thought you were gonna say you know people who put them in a bowl and put milk in them. I knew a kid like that growing up. I've heard of that. I think he's in prison now. Actually, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I think he's really in prison. Well, Saul, if you know, you think that's bad, but you know, when we talked about um, Justin talking about all the weird things that you Dude, do with food, I'm telling you. I'm gonna show you guys how to boil a pizza. <laughs> if you really figure that out, I'm sure, let me let me Google something real quick. Well, I mean, I guess you could boil it by putting it in something that won't penetrate water, wise, but we'll still. Well, let you the could heat technically do a large right. pan full of water, and then you could do uh, another pan upside down with a pizza on top, and then and you, let the heat and, and transfer then, through. Yeah, and cook the pizza. But that's not technically boiling. It is technically boiling. What is broiling? The broiler underneath the oven? Yeah, but what is that? Like, what is that? I've never used it. I mean, like, honestly, that's one of your best go-to things when you're making frozen pizza because you take the pizza out and the crust is nice. And if you're like me, I like my crust a little, like, white, like, like not quite golden brown crispy okay. on, on I, I was waiting to see if you were making a joke. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and, uh, like, what I do is I'll take it out. I'll let it cool down for 10 minutes, and then I'll put it back in on the broiler for one. And then it gets the cheese on top nice and crispy. Okay. Fair enough. 
All right. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm with him, though. The classic Skittles work so well because you just throw them all in your mouth at once, and, and they found, taste great. I found a bag like that about a year ago, mm-hmm. and it was the family-sized bag, and I went ahead and just bought it. And like me and Andy ate it over the course of like a month. It's, it's good co- stuff, yeah, man. You it's just good throw a handful stuff. in every now and then. Where if you get some of those other – and I like some of the other Skittles flavors, like the wild berry, but if you throw all of the wild berry in your mouth at once, it can get a little hectic and weird in there. You know what I mean? I don't like any other flavor of Skittles except sour. Oh, sour Skittles. Sour's good. really good. I'll make they my, eat your, my tum no, uh, raw. Yes. Yeah, I'll, they I'll, eat your mouth up. I'll, it's like, boy. okay, it's, it's like Captain Crunch in candy form. Because like Captain Crunch is cereal. If you eat it without it being soggy like you like to do. Uh, but if you eat Captain Crunch when it's all crunchy, dude, eat that for a week straight. By the end of that week, your mouth is going to be... <laughs> So I'll uh, po- post this I'm, in the Discord. I'm going to post this in the Discord right now. I don't think oh Justin's my. in the Discord, is he? Justin's not in the Discord. Go to Twitter, find this man, <laughs> send it to him. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Speaking of Justin, he has a question for us on Facebook, and I think this is our last one, but I will double-check that. He says, <clears throat> what's one gaming memory you have as a kid slash young teen that crystallized, that's crystallized in your memory that you can remember every detail? For me, it's playing Mass Effect on 360 around lunch, where my brothers were asleep in our shared bedroom, the air conditioner slightly buzzing in the back room, in the background. The chill... <laughs> God. No context that. It's hilarious. <laughs> The chill of my can of Mountain Dew, trying not to move in the chair much so I don't wake them, sneaking downstairs for a snack, I can almost play it back in my head like a movie. So a game memory, or a memory, yeah, a gaming memory you know that's this? instilled in you. This is Justin. This, let's save this, pin it, because Kiki asked a question the same. And we'll just, when we go to Discord, our final place, we'll just answer both at the same time. Fair enough. Kiki has a question that is all the exact same, which Let- I'm not saying is bad. I like that, because I have some, I have... I think two good ones, but we'll see. Okay. So that was it for Discord? That's it for Discord. I mean, Facebook? On, <laughs> yeah. on to Twitter. Facebook. Let's see. Sean Horn says, with the PS5 reportedly getting an exclusivity period with GTA 6, did Sony already win the next-gen console war? If that's true, they have a lot of traction. A lot of traction. Like, hundreds of millions of dollars in traction. I don't think that's true, though. See, the, there's been a lot of things about this going around, and I do not think it will ever be true. Do you feel like this ties into the rumor that Sony was going to be buying Take Two? That was oh, two months ago. Rumor though, wasn't that? Yeah. Denied? As far as I know, but you know, one of these things that goes back is have you have you heard in the gaming sphere? And I'm sure you have of the long running thing where uh, Rockstar owes Sony an exclusive or exclusivity period. They owe them something, yeah, uh, because of Agent and all the stuff that never went around and something else. I think I, I think it was just Agent. I thought there was another one there. Uh, but anyway, because of that, there was, and Sony was the one who was funding all that or something like that. So there's this long running thing that people always talk about where Rockstar owes PlayStation, right? Uh, and of course, PlayStation's in a really great spot right now with their console. Um, but you got to look at this from a business perspective, right? If you were going to tell me that Grand Theft Auto 6 was coming to PS4 and it was getting a temporary exclusivity pe- period on PS4 specifically, I'd be more inclined to believe it because from a business perspective... PS4 or PS5? PS4. And I'm okay. saying this specifically. So, PS4 sure. has a wealthy... Uh, it has a, a wealth of an of a install base at this point, right? We're at almost 100 million consoles. So if you're going to put your exclusive... If you're going to make a game exclusive on one console right now and give it an exclusivity period, it would make sense to do it on the one that, A, you already have a great relationship with, which we know is true with Rockstar and Sony, uh, and they have a great marketing relationship, as we already know is true with Rockstar and Sony, and then lastly, it's a console that is over double what the competition is. That game is only going to come out on two consoles anyway, Xbox and PlayStation 4. So if, if you were to tell me right now that um, 
Grand Theft Auto 6 was a 2020 release on PS4 and Xbox One, or, or PS4 for for a six to one six month to one year exclusivity period versus Xbox. Um, I, I would be there, more though, inclined it? to believe it only because on a business level it makes more sense. You have to think about these companies. Why would a company like Rockstar and Take Two choose to move a game exclusively to one console at all, realistically, when they're leaving out a potential 40 million customers on the opposing side? If not more, we don't know the last time. I mean, Xbox has never really officially given their numbers, so it's estimated somewhere around 40 to 50 million. Um, <clears throat> but with that said, that's what I keep coming back to is from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense for Take Two to gimp themselves by taking away. Ha, you know, a, a third, if you think about the combined Xbox One PS4 sales base, a third of their potential customer base. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, so, I, honestly, if they're going to do it and it was PS4, since we know it's backwards compatible with PS5, makes yeah. sense. The thing about PS5 that doesn't make sense is that it's going to be a refresh to an extent, and there's no guarantee as much as I hope that it works out this way. There's no guarantee that PS5 blows up the same way as PS4 did. There's no way. There's no guarantee that people will... It's it's a ways away. Another financial crisis could happen. A number of things could well, happen. They could slow it down. There's a question uh, pertaining to what you're talking about here in just a second. We'll get. So anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty much my end of that. Is that if true? Absolutely, Sony's got a, a huge chunk of traction above it, but. This would not be close to the launch of the PS5 anyway. We know that Grand Theft Auto 6 isn't coming for a long time specifically because the creators talked about that, unless they were lying, which does happen. Yeah. Um, so I think in that sense, it's unlikely, and even if it did happen, uh, it would be a great move for Sony, but it'd be years into the PS5's release where it'd make more of a business decision sense. And that by that point, it may be true because if Microsoft stops being a a standalone platform like they are currently and end up going to where Microsoft exists or Xbox specifically exists on PlayStation and, and Nintendo and PC, then yeah, it technically would be exclusive to PlayStation as a console. Yeah. So that would be, that would honestly be the only way I would see it. So good question though. Yep. Let's see. We have one that's somewhat confusing from Ozaji lover. He says, do you do disc for PSP games as well or strictly PlayStation? And I think he's talking about Brett's with, uh, Custom cases. I think so, too. And if, um, if we're wrong, let us know, uh, and we'll uh, we'll get it amended in, yeah. in the next email. I would love to know exactly what you're asking. If he's asking on the physical versus digital side of thing, uh, on, but I, I don't think that that's what it is, um, then, I mean, I, I get physical as much as possible, um, and Saul gets digital as much yeah. as possible, which is pretty much... Pretty much 100% now. Yeah, so... Um, and if it's in regards to the cases, no, I haven't made any PSP or Vita cases, uh, but there's nothing keeping me from doing it. So we'll see. On the next, on the on a similar leaf, uh, Noble Six says digital versus physical. I prefer physical, and I prefer digital. Yeah, Noble Six. Uh, we talked about mm. that quite a lot. We have, and but, I'm definitely on the physical side of things. Yeah, and I'm always always like it when it's brought up too. So good question. Um, I like it when it's brought up because. Um, it's always a fun topic to talk about, and then no matter what, it seems that when we talk about it, other things get brought up uh, in um, the discussion in our Discord about it. So I like hearing people talk about that as well, because sure. I'm very much an avid uh, digital person. I believe, our last question, oh no, two more, both from Sean One Neo. He cool. says, uh, with the hype surrounding the new details of PS5, do you think that Sony still has potential to be too cocky and drop the ball like they did with the PS3? What mistakes do you want so or what mistakes do you think Sony needs to avoid? <laughs> what mistakes do you want Sony, Sony to, to make? Avoid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, 
Okay. And actually, Shattered Glass uh, responded to him. He said, do not make uh, tech too difficult for devs. Make sure it's still a physical media console. Which we Make sure know. it's triple backwards compatible. That one I do not think we're getting. But he does imply with PS4 and PS2 games, which would be pretty cool. Uh, and, of course, PS5. And uh, and do not ask us to pay 600 bucks for the console. And Sean One liked that as well. as Or we liked that, and then Sean One retweeted that. Yeah, well. so... I agree with most of that list. I think the number one thing is uh, as cool and unique as the cell architecture was for the PS3. It was very different, odd, uh, and gave developers, definitely third-party developers, a lot of hell. Uh, so in that regard, I do agree. Uh, but we know that it's going to be x86 architecture. They've already talked about that. Uh, in regards to moving forward, that's pretty much going to be what everybody's on. Uh, it makes sense when you're dealing with PS4 backwards compatibility that it will be easier to achieve that on the x86 architecture. So that should be uh, a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, if we're talking about, uh, what was his other thing? Um, Triple backwards compatibility. Yeah, but he said something else. I don't know why I'm, I'm skipping. I just, just, you just said it. So don't make it too make difficult. Make sure it's physical media. Make sure it's a physical media console. They've already said that it will have a disk drive on this time around, so we know it'll still be physical media based. So that's not something to worry about. Uh, making it triple backwards compatible, I'm pretty sure we already know PS4 is coming. I would not be surprised for PS2, PS1, though nothing is, you never know, because for some reason, PS4 still can't play PS1 games or even CDs at all. At all, which is weird, uh, but it is what weird. it is. Uh, so in that situation, I think, uh, you know, the only thing I don't know is that we're in a healthier economy than we once were. Gaming is at an all-time high, I would say. Uh, we're doing really well uh, across all boards. And I would say that if any time was ever going to be a time to be able to come out with a console at $600, that would be a beast of a console. Now, it's, or even next year, from everything that we see right now, it's probably the closest time you're going to get that. And I would only see them doing that if they're going to forego a mid-gen refresh. So if they come out with a console at $600 at launch, they are not going to have a PS5 Pro two years later, I would really think. Now, of course, the sweet spot with this would be $500, but I also think that you... I don't think that you're going to get as big of a jump as you would want if you don't want if you want to still pay $400 at launch. Some of what we're going to want and some of what we've already heard of is going to cost... Uh, and that comes down to things like the solid state drive, right? That's the, not gonna that, that un, uh, currently unfathomable tech right there. Exactly, and, that, and we don't even know what size yet or any of that. So it has to be a terabyte. It has to be more than a terabyte. If you think about I games mean, that's getting what I'm saying, bigger, at the very least, if we're going to have native 4K textures, games yeah. are going to get huge. Yeah, you remember the Xbox One X patches that came for like Gears of War Four and stuff? That the patch to add in the like 4K textures at least were like 80, 60 yeah. gigabytes, 100 gigabytes just for textures and stuff. Um, and that's you got to think about that. Games are going to continue to get bigger because of that. So we need more storage room. Considering that the PS5 will likely do exactly what PS3 and PS4 did, or PS. Four actually makes you do, but PS3 did to some extent as well. Install the games on your hard drive. Yeah, and I so, pretty much agree with what you're saying. Um, Six hundred dollars, possibly too high up there for the price versus the performance upgrade we're going to get. Which, for what we currently have, is that really going to be worth the extra two hundred dollars? Um, I think it'll only be worth it if you go that much higher. To be honest, what do you mean? I think that the only way you get a console that feels like a good enough jump. Is going to be if you make something that coming out of the gate can just it, it, that justifies the six hundred dollar price point. Well, that's what I'm saying is that if it justifies it, it's fine. Yeah, but if it's if it but I think it, if it's a five hundred dollar console, you're you're edging too close to diminishing returns to an extent. You'll get some benefits, but it's similar to the Xbox One X. 
Kind of. The Xbox One X should have been a bigger jump than it was, but it was kept back because of old hardware. Yeah. That was tra- and that's probably, probably part of why it was able to still be $500. But look, I think 500 to 600 is probably where we're going to be at, and I just think that that's true. As far as Sony getting too cocky, there's a million things that they could do. Um, they, they could just be stubborn in the same way as they were before, think that there's no way their product could fail and be obtuse and weird about it. I don't think they're going to do that. We're you saw Microsoft throw it down the drain. Like, easy peasy and one E3. Yep, that's that may all be takes. why Sony's not doing E three this year. Yeah, so if we're if we're talking about what I want to see them avoid, what I want to see them avoid is not. I don't want to see them try and do anything that's going to be crazy. Do what they've already done that we know works, and that's focus on games and focus on exclusives. And that looks exactly like what they're doing. They're still doing it in PS four. Uh, we're going to see that carry over into the PS five, I'm sure. And if anything. Uh, with what we know right now, they're avoiding a lot of these things by being a proper console where we don't know what the rest of the competition is going to do just yet. We know that of all of them right now, Sony's the one that's the closest to a traditional console. Yeah. And I think that they're actually doing a good thing by there, but that could be wrong. And I could come back to regret this statement and think Sony maybe should have taken a leap and done something more. But last time they did that with cell architecture and did really weird stuff that was unique and Different. It just didn't work out that well. It didn't work out for them. So I, I, it's definitely possible, but uh, I think that they're taking the right steps. Yeah. And uh, last question up once again from Sean Neo on Twitter. He says, "Could you ever see yourself walking away from gaming for good? What extreme measures would cause this for you?" I'll tell you. Uh, the only one thing I think that would do it would be an all streaming future that is in the current internet environment we're in. I would not play games. Oh, yeah. Like if everything was streamed and you had to stream every game and we have the current ISPs uh, that we have now and we have the current FCC laws in place that we have now and we have the current data caps that we have now, I would just stop. I wouldn't even try. It would not be worth the hassle of trying to play a game. Definitely certain games, right? Can you imagine playing near Automata streams? Oh, yeah, dude, you couldn't. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't play Bloodborne, Dark Souls. You could play any game like that. You couldn't play Destiny too, uh, especially well, PvP. Bloodborne and Dark Souls were both thirty frames per second at launch, and I think that they wouldn't be as bad. You still wouldn't was want it near? that, huh? Was it near? Near sixty frames? Are you sure? Yeah, near Automata specifically. Platinum always makes sure the games run sixty frames per second uh, as an action game, which was a big improvement over the first Nier's thirty frames per second that would drop a lot. Uh, but by you know that was made by Caveat, but a different developer. Um, so uh, I'm with you to an extent, though I will say I can even tell that you were actually still surprised by the PS Now that I let you play, that we talked about at the end of one episode where I said, if you stay, I'll let you play Oblivion. Yeah, it wasn't you that bad. Um, but I will say that like in the, in moments that I know our internet does go to crap, especially later at night when our internet can fluctuate, is just like when I'm typically playing games. Do you want to risk it? Yeah, and yeah. I, that, that's why I'd probably quit. Yeah, I could see it because what would end up happening is like you try once or twice it wouldn't work the way you wanted to you just get to, frustrated and you just, just like, like what's the point yeah you get yeah. more frustrated uh, than even like having fun with a game so I think that's a pretty good answer um, honestly I, I my real answer I don't know that, that I really could it's so hard for me to even fathom it because I, gaming is my primary form of entertainment like I don't really watch a comparable amount of TV or movies I spend most of my time and energy in terms of creative art consumption and specifically music and gaming uh, and while I love music I get to do that in areas where I can't do things like gaming or TV or movies because I can listen to music while I'm working I can listen to music while I'm in my car so I get to consume that in terms of uh, visual based media um, I think that that's specifically games has got a real stranglehold. I do watch a little bit of TV. I do watch a little bit of movies, but it's a, the, the ratio is insane. I would go back to books. 
So it's kind of hard for me to imagine really what could be done. Because honestly, worst case scenario, I just get to play all the PS3 games I already love over again to an extent, which is not what I want. I like the idea of constantly getting to play new games that are at the very least trying to innovate, but... Yeah, I'd probably buy one of those hacked GBAs I've been wanting for but a But I think I'm now. with you. Streaming would be weird. We have data caps, and no, they've gotten better. Actually, a lot better. I, I didn't realize my data cap was 15,000 now. 15,000 or 1,500? 15,000. I didn't realize ours went up to that either. Yeah, because mine was 900. You still have the streamer playing, right? 200 megabytes per second, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I have. We have the and same And we went from 900 megabytes uh, as a, or and 900 my, gigabytes as a data cap to 15,000. Do you keep having wind stream people come up to your door trying to sell you internet? Yes. Dude, dude, a dude literally came up to me. Uh, it was Though, the creepiest salesman in the world, dude. He, like, knocked on the door, and he stood there, and he was, like, waving in the peephole. And I was like, who is this? Like, I peeked open the door, and I was like, can I help you? And he was like, yeah, I just want to see uh, where we're in stream. I'm like, no, I'm good. I already had somebody come by, like, last week. I have good internet. He's like, yeah, but they're just gouging you guys. I'm like, they're not. What I do requires good internet, and my hobbies require good internet. He's like, I'm going to tell you right now. You game? I was like, yeah. He's like, I have one stream, dude. We, we bought over an Xbox and we watched some Netflix one night. It's like worked perfectly fine. I'm like that's that's cool and all, but I don't just watch Netflix. And he was like, "Man, here's my card. Call me if you ever need me." And I just like looked at him, like, "Okay." Closed the door, locked it, and made sure you heard that bolt swing home because <laughs> dude was an ass. Uh, that's moving, a weird thing. Moving on to Discord. Oh yeah, we have Mr. Pumpkin. He says, "Have you got any decals on your consoles?" Uh. And to follow up with that, Donovan, I think, asked this purposely. He said, have you got any decals on your cars or computers? <laughs> so if I have a handheld device, I typically have a decal on it. Um, I don't have a decal on my Switch, but that's because I know I'm going to get a new Switch soon. Like, I'm either going to wait until, like, November um, when they hopefully have another one coming out or just whenever Animal Crossing comes out, whatever comes first, we got to get another Switch. And I'm going to throw a D-brain on that. But that's it. I don't have a decal on my car, my computer, um, a co- another console of any kind. Like I did have a sticker on my old PS4, and I like I did that to cover up a big old scratch that was on the top of the hard drive cover. That like those things are those things just easily scratch up for no reason. It was really pretty, and I love it, but they do scratch really yeah. easily. Uh, but um, so no, nothing like that on any of my stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm in the same. If you can't tell, if you ever watch visual, you'll see my laptop is nice and clean. My cars are nice yeah. and clean. I'm a very, I'm a very minimalist person. I have a really hard time putting stickers on anything because I don't. It's the same reason I have a hard time getting a tattoo. It's a commitment, and once you slap that sticker on there, it really. Google can't take off a tattoo though. Google is way too much work. I, from every experience I've ever had with it, every time I've ever had to take a sticker off and it's left residue behind, Google works to an extent, but I always end up seeing like a, a little bit of an outline left of everything. See, that's, that's, and it bothers me. My go-to thing is that if I get a scratch or something on the, like if the, if you guys ever see this laptop sticker bombed, it's because there's a scratch or something on it that's bothering me. And that's, like I'll cover it up. That's too deep I have to ignore. To, yeah, I have to have like pretty, and luckily after throwing it in my, my bag, you know, for uh, and coming over here, twice a week sometimes it's just like it's like still brand new looking yeah um, it's one of those weird things though that, like i can't have scratches on any of my stuff hence why i put uh decals on my handhelds because those things often go in bags and and with me everywhere so i gotta keep those things in mint condition um but to tie back justin's question on twitter with kiki's what is your best gaming memory and his is a little weird it's in the early 2000s 
So it's a little bit different. I forgot about that in the early 2000s. Mine, point. mine, uh, mine's late 2000s technically. And I, I just have one that like my answer is so vivid, just like what he's talking about, where it's like you can just remember it. But there's a real there's a reason behind mine. I'll let you say yours because mine does fall in the early 2000s. So I get to answer both of them kind okay, of because it's my favorite memory technically. Cool. Uh, my my gaming memory that's like stuck with me 100% Justin Rose question crystallized my memory uh, in the in the summer between 7th or I'm sorry 8th and ninth grade uh, in the summer between 8th and ninth grade so the way our school system works 7th and 8th is considered junior high and then when you get into ninth through 12th you're in high school uh, not every school system does that right so uh, in the summer between 8th and ninth, about to be going to new school or whatever me and Devin uh, used to go skateboarding all day, every day, without fail. So my schedule would be something like this. I would wake up at around 12. Yep. Yeah. As we did when we were young. Uh, yeah, I would wake up around 12. But there's a real good reason why as well. I would wake up around 12. We'd go skateboard around until somewhere close to about 6 or 7. Come back to his, his house. His mom would cook us food. We'd end up eating. Uh, and then what would happen is around 8 to 9, I would go home go in my room, log into a game that's an MMO. This is probably the last real big MMO I played outside of RuneScape in terms of really put a crap load of time into, uh, and that's Silk Road Online. And I talk about the game a lot. I think you I even talked it about recently. it last episode. Yeah. yeah. So squared, 110. Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, Silk Road, uh, what would happen is I would get on and I had friends that I played with that I'd never met in person, but actually it's it's – a friend and it was just one of those weird things it wasn't any like you know how a lot of the mmos would be like buying girlfriends stuff like that and people yeah. dating online like wow and whatnot hey if that's what you're into i don't care that wasn't that for me but i did there was a girl that i hung out with and played the game with and what we would do is we'd play the whole game together and then every now and then because we had weird schedules she'd get off about halfway through me playing and then every now and then we'd be like we'd buy gifts for each other and stuff like that and when she logged on back hey i saw this item and it fits your build really well so i bought it for you and i'm just gonna trade it to you and she would do the same for me she'd be like hey that's across this item and it was real cool i really liked dude, it wasn't name it? was destiny no oh, okay i talked to her on team chat and everything uh or team speak sorry ah um so if it was which I, I didn't care anyway it wasn't like romantic at all it was just like we're friends i'd see i'm like oh that's cool and it was like a real nice innocent way of thinking about somebody else instead of yourself I'm like i want to buy that for her uh and i never expected her to pay me money back or anything but it got to the point where we were just buying each other items uh and it was like so we were never really in each other's debt if you really think yeah. about it, because we were always giving each other things. Um, but I would do that until literally uh, until six o'clock in the morning. My stepdad would wake up at five o'clock in the morning, take a shower and shave. And what I would do is I'd really get off of that game around five 30. And then the last 30 minutes of my morning, I would go into the kitchen and my stepdad would be coming in and he would make his pimento cheese sandwich that he took with him to lunch every day while that. I was making a bowl of cereal that I would eat right before I went to bed. And that was my schedule Every single night, the entirety of that six weeks, I did not do anything else. I miss summer breaks. Dude, the th summer breaks are crazy. How did they feel like they were a year? I know. It's like, I literally think now, okay, six weeks, right? If I think right now, six weeks ago, I don't even know. Like six weeks ago, if I you mean, told me- 104. Okay, look, a perfect example- I would say at this point we're getting real close to being uh, we're we're a month right now, and I only know that because I'm looking at the calendar. We're a month away from me going to see Dance Gavin Dance with Blaze, right? Uh, and Periphery, but which um, means that was a month away from me getting my haircut. So anyway, I, that does not feel like a month. It ago. It doesn't. It I, feels I, like I, two weeks ago at most. So 
sense of time just gets crazy as you get older. Haircut. But yeah, that's my that's my crystallized gaming memory. I mean, I remember every aspect of it because I did the same thing every day. My stepdad still remembers it. We talk about it every now and then because it's just it was so funny. He'd wake up, I'd already be in the kitchen. He'd come in, start making his pimento cheese sandwich. I'd hand him stuff because I knew what he was going for. And he'd hand me the milk whenever he was going to get his pimento cheese. I'd hand him a knife. It was funny. So what was your favorite memory in the early 2000s? Or was that technically? Well, no. No, nah, that was late that 2000s. Was, yeah, that was probably 2006 or seven. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, early 2000s, I'm going to specifically go towards um, Morrowind. Uh, it was the first time I stumbled into, um, excuse me, into the Elder Scrolls series. I'd never heard of it prior. Uh, went to Walmart and it was one of those weird situations where I didn't have a console because we were really poor, but my mom had just gotten fired from a job where she was working uh, at a place where when she would do certain things, she'd get points for being like a good customer service rep. And if she got so many points, the company would allow them to, and this was when is Valor Telecom. So before Windstream, mm-hmm. um, the company would allow them to spend points. Uh, on different items and my mom bought me my first guitar with that and my mom bought me a computer with that so i had my first little um oh lord what's the company compact that hp owned um gateway owned that didn't they no compact was was hp um but anyway in that situation i got i got that computer and then i went to i didn't have a console for like about six months and we were at walmart and my mom was like hey um Grandpa gave me some extra money to give y'all stuff to do or whatever. So go, go pick a game out. And I didn't know what was going on. I came across the Morrowind case. It was a game of the year edition that had Tribunal and Blood Moon on it. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to grab this. And I didn't know what I was doing. I got home and I installed it. I was super confused because it's a weird game. Massive and I was young. Uh, and I was like, all right, this is weird, but I'm going to go ahead and try it. And I played through it. And I remember being so taken back by the world. Cause like I never played a game like that yeah. at all. It was like, what, what are the, what's this huge open world? What is this weird silt strider flea thing that takes me to other cities? Uh, I, what console commands was like a new world to me. Cause I didn't know about that at all. That was Halo one. on PC I, for me. I accidentally stumbled into that. Right. I hit console and it came up and I was like, what the hell is a console command? So I started searching online and I was like, what? And then I was just like, I'm going to load my boy down. And I was like, Daedric armor. My character wasn't leveled up, so I couldn't move because I, I didn't have enough strength to wait to wear all the crap that I was wearing. Fun times and a fun game, and also got me very tied into uh, that series. Really, and then me and Donovan would just play uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion whenever it came out, nonstop. It was so good. See, mine for the, both my favorite and the early two thousands is that like there was a time where uh, like during the summertime with me and my little brother. Uh, my dad would have to go to work at 7.30. So he would take, he would literally wake me and my little brother up every morning in the summer. And we, he would take us to my mom and stepdad's house. And we would typically get there and fall back asleep for like an hour or two. And then go grocery shopping with her. But um, the older I got, and this was like 2003, I think. So I was like what around 12 years old or something. Uh, or no, I would have been 11, 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, but we would uh, play... Uh, Halo at Seth's house, Big Seth's house. Okay. Not my brother's. Right around the corner? Yeah, we would sit there all day long because his mom was a teacher, but she would go to the school a lot like um, to, to do her, like, uh, what was it called? The um, syllabus. She would get her, all of her syllabus done for like... Or, during the summer? Yeah, during the summer. Even even Seth has to do that now. Like, he, he's off here in the next couple of weeks, but he has to still go in like on a couple of days a week basis or even one day a week Yeah, uh, to keep his learning stuff updated. 
and uh, to clean up his classroom and stuff. But there was it was very rare that his mom was gone for a full day. But when she was, we would always go over. And, like, that was when we were kids, and we had to ask to play inside. And we didn't ask. It would be all always outside. But we would literally listen to Limbiscuit, play Yu-Gi-Oh!, and uh, Halo all day long. And one specific memory I had was during winter break. It was always the same kind of, like, layout for us. It was wake up early, go to mom's house, go to go to over to Big Seth's house, knock on the door, can you come out and play today? And play video games. Um, we had these, like, little electric scooters. And, uh, yeah, little mopeds and, um, we would ride our little moped over there and it was getting kind of chilly and crisp and it was, you know, winter break, which for us was around, uh, the two weeks before Thanksgiving. Cause we got, we got winter break and we got Thanksgiving break. I don't recall at all. Okay. I think it was, I think it was like the last week of October or something, (laughs) but, um, we got over there, we were playing Halo one and we were just playing multiplayer and like, we, I remember it got really, really cold, uh, like really, really cold in that house. And we're like, what's, what's going on? And like, we left the garage door open and there was like a raccoon in the garage, but the ra- the garage door was down. Okay. And we were like terrified. We just simply closed the garage door and went back to playing Halo. <laughs> so see what's weird about that is that there are so many like weird memories that you just get tied to you, like tied to things. You know how like sometimes like a smell can bring you back to something or a sound can bring you back to something. So many amount of tied to gaming, like, I think I, I know I've said it on here at least once. I laughed at that. Uh, anyway, I know I've said it on here at least once, but like every single time that I listen to Linkin Park's hybrid theory, I have Dude, that was a part of an it too. uncontrollable urge to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on PS1. Yeah, that's that was part of it. Um, for 100%, like Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit. Um, What's the Limp Bizkit album? Chocolate Starfish? Chocolate Starfish, yeah. yeah. And then Meteora <laughs> slash Hybrid Theory. Uh, for Lincoln Park and then Papa Roach stuff like that, My Chemical Romance. Uh, it was all like really good time. Uh, but yeah. to follow up Kiki's question, he says, "What was your favorite website in the early two thousands? Um, gaming website? Mine was High Impact Halo. <laughs> yeah, don't say website. In the early two thousands, <laughs> I was a wee adolescent, uh, I and like, the, the 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 web was my oyster. <laughs> my daddy taught me about uh, the history function one day." <laughs> It's like, you know, I can uh, hit this button combination here and pop up the history. I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. Oh, boy. Whoops. Uh, I'll tell you, being a kid is so fun sometimes, but it's it also like, incredibly embarrassing. It was like one time one of my friends who I've mentioned before, and, I, and I'm not going to say who it was, just in case he ever watches, but he was like, I got grounded because uh, I spilt stuff all over my computer. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Why, why'd you get grounded for that? It was an accident. He's like, eh, I can't, I can't hang out for two weeks. I'm like, oh, okay. So like two weeks later, like no, I got caught watching porn. <laughs> it was like he got caught watching porn, and like he all the viruses just screwed his computer up, and he just lied to us about like spilling something on it. But see, uh, I was hoping that the story was going to take the turn that he spilled something on on purpose because his mom was going wa- go no, to no, 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 no. He was, he was, how, how great of a story would that be? My mom was going to click the history tab, and I was walking by with a bowl of cereal. I said, "Oh," and just he was, milk went all over the computer. But I saved my dignity. He was a smart boy, <laughs> but uh, he just he was too too scared. I was talking about that. You could be a smart boy, but when you're that age, it's just everything gets the best of you. You know, there's a great Louis C.K. joke. I don't know if you've ever heard where he's talking about like he goes, twelve year old boys are just walking around, and you're like ten. 12 year old boys are just walking around pressing their dick against everything <laughs> i have heard that <laughs> and i was like i remember the first time he said I was like that's like the truest thing ever it's like you you just like what well see and uh but okay go back to the question <laughs> high impact halo was mine so halo 
two involved a glitch called super jumps and not only did it ha- like that was like the pinnacle of glitching in those games and it, it had a really really big community for glitching mm-hmm. but it also had um stuff like warthog jumps and like where you would basically play co-op with someone and you would uh you would i can't remember the level uh, it's like the second level on Halo Covenant, the Covenant. Okay. Um, and you basically have your friend go over there, stand behind a warthog, and you kill him. And they would drop grenades. And in Halo, the grenades all detonated if you threw one on top of the the ones on the ground that you would pick up as ammo. So you basically would kill your friend three or four times, get a big old pile of grenades going that you wouldn't pick up. But then you would get in the warthog, and he would throw a grenade, and he'd hit you, and you'd launch across the level. And that was pretty much a website dedicated to, to skips and stuff and super jumps. And I think I jumps. actually know what you're talking about because yeah. didn't you do something on High Impact Halo down later down in line? Or am I remembering? No, no, wrong? I got featured on Bungie. Okay. I, got, I got featured on Bungie for the sticky grenade. Yes, yeah. that, that's what I was so, talking about. Yeah, for that, those that don't know, I had a little bit of internet. When I barely fame. knew you. When I, I, I got knew on the you. front page of Bungie. They used to do this thing like where you could submit a clip and then they would do, a, like I think, three or two five or something like that and they would do like and i think it was called this week at bungie which is still the thing right. that uh that they do for destiny which is kind of cool but um i made it to the front page of uh bungie during the halo three days because me and my friend were playing uh in a, just a team death or team slayer match i guess and he threw a sticky grenade at me or no he threw a spike grenade at me and i threw a sticky grenade at him and the sticky grenade stuck to the spike grenade and it flew back and stuck to him and um, it's crazy because they actually awarded me the recon armor in Halo 3 for that, which you could only get if you killed. Uh, you can get it late, later down the line, um, I think, for some kind of promotion thing or maybe even for free. But you could get it by killing another play- person who, play- who who worked for Bungie. Oh. And they had flaming heads in Halo 3. Gotcha. Um, and if you killed them or something or if you beat them, then I think that they would go to your profile and unlock it for you. Um, like they would just... Actually, yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it's probably it was, set up in the game as if it, it was, realizes that it's a well. It was developer. a really, really cool uh, ha- um, armor in Halo. But yeah, high impact Halo was the thing for that because uh, that was the dope, the, the 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 cool website for all the kids. But yeah, it's some of the coolest looking Halo Three armor that yeah, you could customize. I got you. Um, if we're talking about specifically like gaming journalism and are specific to it working around like an existing game, kind of like a forum and different things like that. Game facts real early on was something I like to go to a lot. The little forums set up because you could learn a lot of information about weird stuff. Uh, games, fa- game facts is where I learned most of the stuff and how to play Morrowind and all the weird backend stuff that you could do in Morrowind. Uh, and also how the Morrowind, uh, I can't remember what they call it now, but their their level editor that, that came with the game for free so that you could mod if you just would learn how. Snap map? It wasn't called Snap Map. It, oh, that was Doom's thing. Doom, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Doom was Snap Map. But this one, I can't remember what it was called, but it came with Bethesda stuff, and it was a, a level editor so that you could mod your own stuff in. And it came in the case and said, if you want, if you know how to do this or want to learn, then you can easily do it. And I, and that was kind of cool. I messed around it for a little bit. Some of my earliest examples of being able to do anything in a game, though not very well, and I didn't do it for long. So, um, but if we're talking about gaming in general, and I cheat uh, RuneScape, I was on that RuneScape grind constantly. Boy, constantly. So good. All right, let's see. Uh, next question up is... Boba May. Boba May. Josh so, Shoup. Mr. Josh Shoop. And let's see. He says, how good are your Macho Man 
Randy Savage. I'm not good at those Rand- at all. Okay, hold on. I would like I would rip my throat out. My biggest too. thing about all those is I always have to get super loud, and I hate that because I feel like blow a, our mics out. Yeah, well, I think I think that even when you're trying to show somebody an impression, just in roll public, back like two feet because oh yeah, that's not two feet. That you just peaked really hard on the mics. Good. But yeah, I'm I was glad gonna I say did. yeah. You got three minutes. Three minutes of bleak time. See, I can't. It's pretty do good. That. No, that would like I think kill my throat. Uh, yeah. I have amazing Jim Jar impression, impression, which is a D and D character that I made. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, that was a really fun one to hear. Though I know why you blew your voice. Dude, out. I'm telling you, it's because I was not properly voicing that character. But you, uh, you kind of reminded me of Jazargo from Skyrim. I've already, I think I've already told yeah. you that. Because just the way that you were talking and like being kind of shady and moving around. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Let's okay. see. Sean May says, is there a PlayStation 1, PS2, P- or PSP game that you're really passionate about? Mine from the PS1 days is Grandia. I guess is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Grandia. Uh, or is it Grandia? Oh, yeah. yeah, it is Grandia. Yeah. Uh, PS2 days is Radia Stories. Radiata Stories. But Radiata yeah. Stories. That does not sound like a real game. And PSP game, Brave Story, New Traveler, because it's based on my favorite novels. The only um, one I don't that I actually didn't play or even have very much memory of, but I know the name is that Brave Story New Traveler. Uh, the other two I've played, I enjoyed them. Uh, I didn't beat either of them, uh, so I I enjoyed them as much as I could. Those were during my poor my poor kid days where I got to barely play games because I'd borrow them from people or rent them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but let's see, a PS One game PS, that you're really passionate about. Honestly, I would. Go check out episode one if you haven't, because we did a lot of that in there. And yeah, we definitely did. It, it's very our, our podcasting skills were not set in stone at all. No, so. so you can actually laugh at us in episode one. But yeah, if I had to very quickly do it, PS one would probably be um, Crazy Taxi. PS two would probably be Final Fantasy ten, and PSP would probably be PS one uh, had Crazy Taxi. I'm pretty sure they did. Well, I mean that was a no, not, that was a Sega game until Sega stopped, right? So I think not it, Crazy Taxi. It's that stupid. I don't know why I get those confused always. And they're two separate deck games. Yeah, never. It's that BMX one. racing game, or not BMX racing game. Um, bicycle racing game. It wasn't even BMX. I can never think of it either. Either that or Spyro. But there's a. It's a bike racing game, like where you could play like. I know what you're talking about. The like Tour de France. In my head, I just I know what you're talking about. But um, and I don't know why I can't. Was it this one? The two extreme. Nope. No, it wasn't. That's it wasn't it. anything extreme about it. It was like just bicycle. It racing. was just bicycle racing. I know yeah. it's killing me that I can't think of what this game was because I, I, if it's the one I'm thinking about, I remember the case and everything. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like for PSP, I'd probably go War of the Lions, even though that's technically a cheat answer for PS One. Mm. Hmm. But yeah, this game was like it was almost very boring and like it. Boy, Jet Moto was good. Yeah. It. it is not no. See, uh, was it this one right here? This Ricky Carmichael Championship Motocross? No, it wasn't. It wasn't motocross. It, it was. was just, it was like uh, actual like motorcycle things, right? Uh, or uh, like crotch rocket looking. No, it was bicycles. Oh, straight up real bicycles. Straight up real bicycles. And it was racing. And it was racing. Then I, I don't know. Yeah, because you did say Tour de France. I'm an idiot. I played it a lot at uh, my cousin Brett's house. Not you, because I said my cousin. But yeah, my cousin Brett's house. Actually, I, I bet if you asked Seth, he would. He might know. Because we played it a lot. There's that new one for PS4, Le Tour de France. Oh yeah, I forgot. Is that an actual game series? Uh, I, I mean, like it's just a new game. I don't know if they're. I don't. I'm not finding one. Well, there goes one right there for PS2. So I guess no, it is it a game PS2. series. So that's interesting. 
this was specifically PlayStation One because the graphics. I remember the graphics being terrible. Well, yeah, but then again, dude, that's true. No, we we actually had PS2s at this point. Okay, then who yeah, knows, he, man? he just he did not have. Oh, here it is, right here. Nope. Never mind. I saw what it's talking about, the starting line. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Uh, okay, so you said that's your PS1 one? Yeah. What's PS2? Uh, PS2 is Final Fantasy X, and then PSP is War of the Lions. And I said that's a cheat. Yeah, I, I, th- I don't think it is, because War of the Lions added a lot that wasn't in the original game. Not only in gameplay and stuff like that, even though some of it was hated, Jonathan could not get over the fact that instead of throwing the rock, you'd cast it. <laughs> that's what it'd say. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was cast, but it, they changed some of the over. language up. It was like more old English style. Um, Is it career crisis? I don't know. Uh, okay, let's see. PS One. No. Oh man, not. this is this can be real hard. PS One, if we're talking about really passionate about Crash Bandicoot, PS Two slash PS One because it came out on both. Dave Mir, BMX One and Two. Oh, I love those games so much. Uh, though there are other great PS Two games, but those don't get enough mention from me, so I'm going to say those for now. And PSP. Man, I'd say my favorite PSP game. The Coheed and Cambria Welcome Home music video. <laughs> that ca- it it was with the demo disc. Was it that? I thought it was Blood Red Summer. No, it was Blood Red Summer. Yeah. yeah, it was Three Days Grace. Uh, three, it was that Three Days Grace. Uh, just I Hate like Everything. You. Oh, it was that one. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, no, for PSP, my favorite game is most like. I mean, realistically, it's really hard for me not to say Crisis Core because it probably is my favorite game on that system. There are a couple of other really great mentions. I mean, I did really love, even though it's not on it now, I did really love Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep on there. Uh, Daxter was also really good, so were the God of War games. I mean, it was a great system across the board. Uh, but I'm going to stick with Crisis Core. Great question. Great question, Sean. Uh, let's see. Kiki says, do you think game controllers are going to evolve even further? I hope not. They are, but I'm curious to see exactly how. They are definitely going to evolve further, but in what way? One of the things Saul and I have talked about in the past is like, I think some of the ideas sound cool in a really, really quick, like if somebody's just thinking like, wouldn't it be cool if the game did this? But then it's like, you start to take too much away from what makes a game work and be good and like lets you relax. Do you remember... uh, There was some some talk about uh, biometric scanners being on controllers so they could feel your heart rate and stuff. It's going to ruin it. You know, it doesn't matter. The game shouldn't necessarily take into account whether you're scared or not. The goal of the game is to scare you. Is it going to change the way it's scaring you based off of what you're doing? Oh, no! Speaking of ruining it. Hold on. It's not that easy. Sure it is. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, look, it's her mind on. We forgot the RGB lights for those that are watching the uh, audio. I mean, the video version. Why do you have me the broken controller? Why do you have a broken controller just sitting over there? But, uh, no, Kiki, I don't believe... I mean, I, I know they will. I just don't really want them to. Blake asked a good question. If you were a Mortal Kombat character, what would your fatality be? Or rip your dick off. Woo! Ouch. Um, my fatality would be to pull their checkbook out, sign a blank check, make them sign a blank check with their thing, and then recreate the entire a plot of a blank, blank check. check. Yeah, there you go. I was actually thinking that. Like, when you said that, I squinted. I'm like, I know he's not going to go to blank check. Yes, I will. What will the whole fatality will be this. He's going to, the, the, the fighter will be going. He's going to somehow step on my bike, damage it, and then I'm going to reach out and pull his checkbook out and be like, get over here. I'll uh, be, that's what I'll do. I'll have a scorpion chain, and I'll reach and grab it and pull it back to me, mark some stuff down on it, you know, like, like sign this. Acts like you own Mac computers. Exactly. Because didn't he do that? He's exactly. Mac, or his name was Macintosh. Is yes. What it was. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Pumpkin says, Inception, what is the best question you have been asked? I definitely can't answer that. Dude, I love this question, though. I, yeah, I, I do, too. But I can't answer it. But what I can say, my favorite genre of question asked is anything involving a memory. 
Yeah. Like going back, like what we did previously about the early 2000s. I like, I like questions like that. Well, cause like you get a, you gotta, you get like a hit of nostalgia. You get like, yeah. and you, and it's like, it's always interesting to talk about your past self. Like you get to relive the memory and it just helps embed it in you longer. And it's kind of like what we're doing with the off topic. It's kind of the biggest thing about it. And why we like reader mail in the first place is that the normal podcast is so differently driven because it's news driven and topic driven because it's based around one thing. But what makes reader mail so fun. And then the upcoming off topic podcast that we have coming real soon, um, is that it just gives us time to kind of talk and reminisce and it lets you guys get to know us better. Uh, and it hopefully spurs y'all to give us information that would be cool about stuff like that. And your thoughts on some of these questions so we can hear some of your memories, which would be really cool. Uh, and sometimes we get that when you're asking the question, which we love. Uh, so Kiki, what was your favorite early two thousands memory? And Justin, you already said yours. So I appreciate you, sir. Yeah, thanks, um, sir. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that that's the best type of question. Oh, man, which one is really hard? I'd have to really think about it. LTB asks great questions uh, every time. He seems to have taken a sabbatical on asking questions, but he asked us a question every week for a long time. So we appreciate you, LTB. Hope you're still out yes. there doing well. Thank you, LTB. Um, It'd be nice to hear from you soon. Also, before I forget, our boy, our patron, and our recent listener, who's very nice, Mr. Justin, that asked the question that we were talking about, uh, is getting married this week as yes. far as i know congratulations having, on uh, your marriage yeah so having a bachelor party and everything so congrats buddy and i hope everybody else in the community give you a good congrats if they see you anywhere but uh outside of that uh let's see next question up is <laughs> kiki, kiki saying how do you deal with itchy balls in public you don't uh it depends on how itchy i always have the the nerves of steel to ignore them okay but you're not going to tell me that you, you don't even at least try the when you have like the itchy balls and you try and do like the sidestep to stretch your legs a little bit to try and see if maybe just positioning your skin a little differently will help i mean that doesn't count well but i mean you're still dealing with your itchy balls i guess so but that's just more making myself comfortable okay well we're gonna go with the i'm gonna go with the classic if i'm the in a position no, the pocket pull is one but the pinch and roll disgusting no you're really disgusting pinch and roll works don't through ever pants. shake brett's hand <laughs> i don't put my hand i do it through my pants if i have to and that's not often but every now and then if you're in public and you have a quick little window of opportunity you can say okay one second pinch roll got that boy uh-uh. let's get going uh-uh. it's so, all. uh nope <laughs> for those that are listening to audio only he just outreached his hand for me to shake Mr. Pumpkin comes around again and says, what has been your favorite con- uh, controller of any console? Would you change anything about the current PS4 controller? Which controller would you import to PlayStation from any other older new gaming device? Real quick before we answer, we've been forgetting to mention all of these people are patrons. Mr. Pumpkin, yes. Oathkeeper, not all of them, but most of the people that are asking questions are patrons. So thank you guys. And if you would like to support us on Patreon, you could do so by going in the link below or going to patreon.com slash nartech. And get these episodes out. Give uh, us as little as a dollar if you want to just to support us or go up to that 5 or $7 depending on where you live and get some cool it, custom cases. Is it a dollar a month just to support us? You also get the things early yeah so yeah you yeah get, if you're you patron get, at all you get the, this up you get reader mail early and the uh you'll get soon the to be off topic early as well and soon to be triangle square i think too right once we figure out our scheduling for that yeah if it if it stays where we're at you'll you'll get it a little bit early yeah because right I mean, now it won't we, be, we record on sunday and then like yeah. it uploads on monday and yep. it takes it actually takes a while for that to record or process but um honestly if i had to be 100 percent honest with myself the xbox one controller is my favorite however if I could change the analog sticks to be the PS4 analog sticks, uh, that'd be the perfect controller in the world. Which is why I hold on, liked... hold on, hold on, hold on. I think you just—if you, you could change the Xbox One analog sticks to be the to PS4? PS4 analog sticks, yeah. Like if I could take the PS4 analog sticks off that controller and put it on the Xbox controller, it'd be the best. Okay, it's I the thought same... that you liked the Xbox One analog nub. Is why 
Oh, not the nub, no, but no, the no, analog no. feel. No, no, no. The, the, it's, the, it's the similar reason why I did not like the PS3 controller much last gen, is there's too much dead zone. Or it's, oh. too, it's not too much dead zone, but they're, they're way too sensitive. And the, it feels so great. there's not enough dead zone. Not enough dead zone, I guess is what, be what it was, yeah. Um, other than that, the PS4 controller is the best controller. But that's why I liked the um, Nacom Revolution controller so much, is because it essentially was a PS4 Xbox hybrid, and it felt really, really comfortable in my hands. And I like really big you still have controllers. It? Yeah, it's just the, that actually had the problem... I was going to say it was the one that messed up on you. Wasn't yeah, it? it was actually the one that messed up on me. And I could have gone through Amazon to get claims and stuff because uh, uh, I actually emailed them to see if they would send me out a replacement and then I would send them theirs. But they always do the thing like where it, it literally they have to send it out to me uh, and then I have to put it in a box and send it back for six mm-hmm. weeks for repair and then send it back. I just I didn't want to do all that. Do you have any interest in the Astro C40? I do. I almost bought one at Best Buy the other day. I had a feeling that you would, you would at least hard. be interested. It's just hard to take the $200 for that and just... Sure, but the idea of being able to literally move the analog stick depending on game, if that's something that even matters to you, say that if you're playing a shooter and you really want the the asymmetrical analog stick for yeah. that because you prefer it, then you could do that. But if there's another type of game that you feel like isn't as much and you would bring it, would you even do that? Would you bring it back down or would you just set it up one way and go? I'd probably just set it up one way and go. Either way, honestly, like I played Xbox 360 for so long and I grew up playing PS2 uh, and Xbox, so it's just like I don't really care what analog sure. direction they are. Uh, my favorite controller at this point is also the uh, the PS4 controller, uh, but mine actually does come. Down, I just think it's more comfortable, and I really don't care for the uh, the asymmetrical analog personally. Uh, and what I've always found funny is I have pretty big hands, and so does Saul. Um, but I noticed a lot of people really said that the PlayStation controllers always felt small in their hands, which I do think the DualShock 4 has addressed quite a bit. They uh, stanced them a little further apart. The controller's a little bit bigger, and it's it feels a little more in my... I, I thought the PS3 controller was my favorite controller until the DualShock 4 came out, and that was with enjoying the 360 controller outside of the analog stick thing, uh, outside of the D-pad. It's, like, weird. I didn't mind the controller, but the D-pad on the Xbox 360 controller was awful. It was. It was very terrible. And, uh, uh, and, and the D-pad, D-pad on the DS3 was great. And so. the D-pad on the Xbox One is they're, they're both it's really a lot better. good. Yeah, they're yeah. both really good D-pads. A lot better. Uh, Definitely for fighting games, because I hated playing fighting games on Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, it was really hard to use. And typically in fighting games, I end up using the, the D-pad. It just feels more at home. But if I'm going to talk about favorite controller of any console, as much as it is that, it's also a little bit Nintendo of points t- toward the, the Dreamcast. And just because it was so weird for its time period and, and really unique with the being able to plug in and plug out, and which I actually like the idea of removable rumble. I that yeah. If you just don't want it, which I, I mean, know that it's simple now, right? You can just go into a, a, me, a menu and turn it off if you really wanted to. That's well, how they would program. Sixty four had that too. Yeah, I know the rumble pack. Yeah, and the but I like that pack idea. too, which added like two megabytes of RAM to the console or something. What or four. A, yeah, what a weird. Couldn't play Majora's Mask without it, but yeah. you had to buy D, uh, Donkey Kong sixty four to get it. <laughs> That's what I said. You, you couldn't find you couldn't play Donkey Kong sixty four without it either. Could you? Well, it came with it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway. Yeah, I, I really like the Dreamcast, and if for any reason y'all just skipped over the Dreamcast and just don't know too much about it, go check out the controller. It's really interesting. The way it, te- it dealt with memory cards were really cool. It had a, what's called a VMU, uh, virtual memory unit. And what would happen, one of my favorite things about it is at the time period, it was really really futuristic feeling. So you plug a memory card in, there's a screen uh, cut out on top of the controller because the memory card had a screen, and you plug it in, and when you're playing a game, it would re- realize what game you're playing and like 
uh, say you were playing Sonic Adventure 2 and you were playing a level of Sonic, it would have a like drawn out pixel art thing of Sonic's head on the memory on the memory stick screen. And if you switched over to Tails, it would be a one of Tails. And if you switched over to Knuckles, it would be one of Knuckles. That was really cool. Uh, one of the other things that you could do, there. you could send your Chows to it and pull them out and it acted as a, com- a Tamagotchi pet where you could move them around and feed them and, uh, and walk on them and stuff. And that was really cool. And I just think that as far as that thing goes, it was a really an interesting idea. And also... It was very much, if you really look, I really believe, and I haven't seen this to be completely true, but I really believe that the earliest Xbox controller, uh, and even the as, as we know the Xbox controller now, is very much inspired by the Dreamcast. Definitely, if you think about the earliest Xbox controller, they didn't have an L1 and R1, and it just said, instead had the black and white button on the front. Which I'd never liked that, actually. It's very similar to Dreamcast. Dreamcast does not have L1 and R1. It just has shoulder buttons and a single analog stick. Yeah. So, weird weird times, but we, it was a cool system, and I still have my Dreamcast, and I still love it. We have a massive quick fire round coming up. Brett, you ready? Bam, bam, let's do it. This is Patreon Kiki. He says, ice cream cone or snow cone? Ice cream. Ice cream. I'm going to let you answer them first, by the way, then I'm going to follow up. Cool. Mobile games or console games? Console. Console. While walking, music or podcast? Quick fire. Music. Music. iOS or Android? Android. Android. Looks or function? Oh, function. Function, yeah. Pop or indie? Music. Indy. Indy. Okay. Hamburger or a taco? Hamburger. Hamburger. Couch or recliner? Recliner. Yeah, recliner. Online shopping or shopping in a store? Shopping in a store, actually. Shopping in a store. Can't try on things online. Email or letter? Email. Email. Passenger or driver? Passenger or driver? Driver. Yeah, driver. uh, Tablet or computer? Oh, computer. Computer. Most important in a partner? Intelligent or funny? This kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier. Funny. Funny. They have a heart. (laughs) Car or truck? Uh, Truck. Car. Blue or red? I I rescind, but I can't. So, uh, Blue or red? Red. Blue. Money or free time? Free time. Free time. Amusement park or day at the beach? Amusement park. Amusement park. Without a day. At a movie, candy or popcorn? Popcorn. Yeah, popcorn is the way to go. Pen or pencil? A uh, pen. Pen, yeah. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. I was going to say, why is it taking you so long to say over? Uh, Cups it, the- it bothers me anytime I think about under toilet paper. Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. If you do that, you're the devil. Uh, <laughs> cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? Oh, upside down. Right side up if you're not a monster for drawing them out properly. Cake or pie? No, 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 no. Too late. We'll talk about this later. No, we won't. <laughs> cake or pie? Cake. Oh, cake. Swimming or sunbathing? Oh. Ooh. Swimming. Yeah. See, you gotta do it. That's a, swimming or sunbathing. Swimming. Yep. High tech or low tech? High tech. High tech. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. There we go. Magic the gathering. New clothes or new phone? Uh phone. New phone. Rich friend or loyal friend? Loyal. Loyal. Uh football or basketball? Neither. Football. Work hard or play hard? Um work hard or play hard. Work hard. Yeah. Nice car or nice home interior? Nice home interior. Nice home interior. What's worse, laundries or dishes? Dishes. Who the who the hell doesn't like doing laundry compared to dishes? Yeah, dishes. Jogging or hiking? <clears throat> Jogging. Hiking. Bath or shower? Shower. Shower. I can't fit in a bathtub. Sneakers or sandals? Sneakers. Sneakers. Glasses or contacts? Neither. Glasses. If we're looking about on a girl, glasses are... I'm going to say glasses on myself because I can take them off. Blinds or curtain? Blinds. Blinds. Uh, Well, yeah, blinds. 
can't go back. Train or plane? Harbor. Plane. Plane. Phone or phablet? Phablet. Phablet, yeah. Pretty much what we have anyways. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Iced coffee. Iced coffee. Meat or vegetables? Meat. Meat. International vacation or new TV? Mm, international vacation. New TV. I need one. Save or spin? <laughs> you got one right here for you. Yeah. Uh, spin. Save. I do enough of that already. So I'm going to spin in this. I moment. need to do more. So that's my answer for now. Honesty or others' feelings? Others' fe- Or honesty. Um, I'm not going to save face to hurt your feelings. Honesty or other feelings, Brad? Honesty. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. TV or book? TV. Book. Even though barely. Movie at home or movie at a theater? Theater preferably. Home. But both Hard good- home. Like hard, <laughs> hard answer there. Ocean or mountains? Mountains. Mountains. Yeah. Horror movie or comedy movie? Comedy movie. Horror. City or countryside? Countryside. City. Winter or summer? Winter. Winter. I was going to say if you said summer. No, Mac no. or PC? PC. Console gaming or PC gaming? Console gaming. Console gaming. Super sandwich. Ooh, that's Sand- a hard one because I dip my sandwich in my soup a lot of the time. So yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, sandwich. Sandwich. Yeah. <clears throat> World, World End says, what would you want to... Uh, what games do you want to see receive the P5R retreatment? Retreatment. Retreatment. Rework story with new characters, content, improved graphics, and... I, and Improved UI. gameplay slash graphics. Yeah, I can't this read. is a great question because honestly, this is something we've we've talked about a lot. But this is also a little different because this is the original developer coming back and doing all this stuff, right? Yeah. So in this situation, when you think about that, this is the original developer getting to give his original take on a game that he wanted to, in a way, and to kind or of expand on take. it in areas where they couldn't due to time constraints and budget and stuff like that, uh, or maybe even fatigue from sitting on it too long. Yeah. So and and also it's not too far from the original game's release, so it, the stuff still probably is fresh in his head. Yeah. Uh, so uh, two years, right? Yeah. Two, three, maybe I guess, but I'm pretty sure two. We're, we're going on three because it was 2017, right? It's 2019. I'm saying it was 2017 when the game came out. Oh, you're talking about this comes out? Yeah, I guess. I think. Uh, or no, P5R was. But the announcement, because it comes out next year for America. So, yeah, it's about three years out from the original release in, in the U.S. or in the West. Um, another game that I'd like to see, that this is going to be kind of a cheat answer. I want to see 15 worked back to the board and brought Me back too. as 13 that's actually That's actually my answer going off of what you said earlier. Because I didn't have an answer up until then. Yeah, uh, but I think if I was going to go with another game, I would like to see... Mm. Man, this is... I would... Near, the original Near is essentially the closest I can get to this. Give me Near remade from the ground up, uh, it, you know, with better textures and stuff right there, and then also expound on it with new characters if needed, new content if needed, improved gameplay, which of course it needs, which is something it needs to borrow from um, specifically the new Near Automata. I think it played very well. Uh, give it the Near Automata graphics at the very minimum, and I think the UI in Automata was also uh, a little bit cleaner. Not, And it wouldn't work from a design thing, but it would be you could still find a way to update uh, the original Near's design. One of these days, Saul, I hope it happens because I just I need you to play the original Near. I really want to. Um, I really do. But yeah, I want to say Final Fantasy 15 for mine too because I knew it would be different. Uh, speaking of Final Fantasy, Josh has what looks to be, and correct us if we're wrong, Josh, because uh, we're going to answer them like quick fire, but these look like quick fire questions. Brett, which Final Fantasy character w- uh, would you identify each other as? I'm going to say you are Zach. I was going to call you Sid. I don't like that. I don't know why. <laughs> would you rather say it's your all-time favorite villain in a video game? Okay, hold on. I need to... Nope, 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 nope. I, yeah, I only have to clarify because there's so many Sids. Okay. Final Fantasy Seven Sid. Okay, I kind of like that. Uh, favorite all-time uh, boss in a video game or villain? Uh, Xehanort. The long con. 
You know, Xehanort's quick a great quick one. Fire. Yeah, Xehanort. Make a new game series based on an existing universe. Would you like to see Hideo Kojima make? What, what, what new game series based on an existing universe would you love to see Hideo Kojima make? Yep. Ooh. Uh, Final Fantasy. It'd <laughs> be cool. Mm-hmm. You know what? I agree. Because think about what Hideo Kojima could have done with Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. Oh, man. That actually sounds like the game they should have been. Uh, who would you say is the greatest composer of all time is, video games or otherwise? I forget the name all the time, so you're going to have to forgive me that I have to look this up composer for a second. Composer too. But the composer for Drakengard 3, Drakengard, uh, Nier Automata, the original Nier. And, um, I, that's what I was going to say. It's killing me because I, I forget it every single time. and I, I know I'm not going to say they're the best composer in the world or my favorite composer. But uh, Keiichi Okabe. Yeah. In, in or whatever, fire. however you say that. Uh, and then this one actually does not seem like a quick fire question. So once again, Josh, you got a lot of questions in this episode. Though. I don't think he'd care if those weren't meant. But uh, he says, will you guys ever do a segment in which you get fancy kazoos and perform your favorite video game songs for the audience to try and figure out? That person has the most points as the end of the year gets an extreme triangle squared branded kazoo. You're welcome for the idea. You know what? I think he just gave us episode 150 or episode 200. Dude, that's actually a fantastic idea. I do too. I like that idea As, a as lot. ridiculous as it is, I really, you know, that's thinking outside the box in a way that I have not had the time to do in a while. So I appreciate that idea. I, I think that actually might become a new thing. Like I think, I think for episode 150 or like one of our celebration episodes, when we stream it, yeah, we'll stream a kazoo match. <laughs> Crash the Animal says, welcome to Trivia Triviangle Squared. Triviangle Squared. Okay. It's a terrible name, but on when you read it and you don't try to say it out loud, it it's looks, like, yes. Yeah, it I looks love it. professional. But it He's, sounds terrible. He says, in the new Sonic movie, Jim Carrey plays Dr. Robotnik. What American president was Dr. Robotnik designed after? I'm going to say Teddy Roosevelt. But Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know I if that's too. the answer. Now, this is the, this is the, so you keep that up because I got to go something else. He sent me the answers, uh, spoiler text, so I haven't seen them. Uh, and I will click on them as we go through gotcha. this so I can make sure uh, what, what the answers are. This so is give a, me just a second. That I'll was a guess. That up. This is a okay, guess. Okay, here we are. So one is Theodore Roosevelt. We okay, were right. Cool. This is a guess. At CES 1991, Sony had partnered with a company to make the original PlayStation. At the company's announcement, however, the company announced they would be working with someone else for CD-ROM games. Who was the company that screwed over Sony in 1991? I was going to say Nintendo. Now, here's the thing. Sony worked with a couple of people in terms of trying to be a disk-based peripheral. So while I do think that this actually is Nintendo, and that's who he's talking about, the only thing I don't know about it is the year that it was talked about and branded. I want to say that at one point in time, Sony and Philips... Sony and oh, Phillips well, were in, in discussion, and then Phillips backed out and ooh. went a, a different route. So we will find out right now, but those are our two answers. Yeah, We've got them I in the go bank. Back, I'm going to say Phillips just on the off chance uh, that that's what it ends up being, but I, I do think it is it Nintendo. Was. Yeah, I just never realized who it was. Nintendo. Sony had signed contracts with Nintendo to create an add-on to be used with the SNES to play CD-ROM media, which, if you didn't know, was going to be called the PlayStation. The PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, Sony announced on the first day of CES they would be doing this. However, during Nintendo's panel, the next morning they announced they would be working with Phillips. That's where my brain went that, Yeah, like when you said Phillips, I was like, I actually remember That's what it was. reading something. I was like, no, Phillips is not the answer. Phillips was the... the, the yeah. Whatever it's called. The, so my brain was in somewhat the, the right... It was in the right room, but not looking in the right corner. Uh, and I actually know the last question. Here we go. Why does Dark Souls creator Hideo Miyazaki deliberately obscure his game stories? 
Uh, I 100% sure know the answer to this. If I'm not mistaken, and so I do know that you know the answer for sure, uh, but it was because early days he couldn't read the D&D books that he was going through. And he, couldn't read, at. he couldn't read anything that well. Yeah, so, so he, it, I think he had reading problems in general, but he was yeah. also reading D&D books that were in English, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. And he couldn't read them, so what he was doing was looking at the pictures and coming up with his own stories. No, based he wasn't even looking at just the pictures. He would look at phrases that he could kind of understand, and he would take the Piece phrases them plus the pictures and piece them together yeah an ingenious method for dealing with a story too the way he does it so here we go you ready let's see if this is it miyazaki grew up reading foreign picture books and had to make connections in a story he did not understand he wants the people enjoying his games to have make have to make their own connections as he did which is a great way to get somebody involved in the game and that's why i talked about with bloodborne where uh, you know uh, in the last episode when we were talking about the community's take section um it's one of the great things about Bloodborne. I think it's really easy to say that Bloodborne is not art and that the, the From games aren't. But I think that there's a very, very purposeful back-end thing where he actually does make you want to drive and have your own connection. And that's why certain people who play these games and really get into them can tell you so much more than you can... I, I played all of these games all the way through, and I know a good bit of the lore, but there are people that trump me so much in knowledge of the lore, including you, that it's just crazy because they cared... Their, their connection was formed way stronger than mine. I do know some of the things, and I care, but it just goes to show you that some people, when they go to make their own connections, drives them further to figure out more things and continue to make their own connections... And then also dig to find out whether their connection is in, is right with what the story is actually trying to tell you to an extent. Yeah, so. that's pretty nail on the coffin. Great hey, idea, Corey. I will say though, somebody in our Discord said that um, uh, uh, video games an art thing, and he and they said Dark Souls. And I'm talking about you, Blake. Uh, I do want to point out that I intended for that question to be, or the answer for those questions to be, what games do you know were intended as art and only art, like? Which is why I did not include Dark Souls. Obviously, Dark Souls is a work of art. Definitely. He specifically brought up the level design, which I do And agree. I also know he was partially kidding, because I am too. Love you, Blake. Uh, Atlas Unchained, another patron. Thank you for the question. He says, is Ranch the new ketchup? <laughs> I, Honestly, I, and then Kiki has a question after this that really threw me off too, because it almost made me throw up. Um, but I don't, you know what? If I'm at a place that offers both ranch and ketchup, I'm going to go with both. Like, if I get, like, the um, honey chipotle chicken crispers from Chili's, they come with ranch. If I have fries sitting there and I have ketchup, I'll take turns dipping in, in my ranch and my fry, my ketchup. See, I ain't it's about like that mayo. Life. I love mayo, too, on my fries. Is your name mayo? It is. 10,000 taps. Um, okay, so is ranch the new ketchup? I hope not, but that's also because I don't play that game, and ketchup is the one and only condiment that you absolutely have to have in your right, kitchen. don't play this yet. That shit. Look, that I shit. have actually very recently uh, at Wine Fest this most recent weekend. I told you I got the, the pig kahuna and just only all, the only thing I got off of it, despite knowing that the special sauce was on there and barbecue sauce. Yeah, something I would normally steer away from. I was like, the only I'm thing. I'm proud of Brett. He, he, he's the, like, and it was good. Developing a taste for barbecue sauce. That's what I like. Um, but yeah, I did not. I couldn't do the the pineapple. That's no, the I one thing. I just yeah. can't do pineapple. I can't do pineapple. So I took that off meats. of it. But otherwise, it was a delicious burger. But I don't care for ranch. I, it's not that I hate it. I can't eat it. I, mean, I, I di every now and then my wife has it. I dip it in and go. Maybe one of these days I'll start liking ranch more. And I eat it. and I go. Yeah, it's just kind of. Eh. I love ketchup. Something and specifically in, in when it comes to Kiki's question, which we'll answer in a minute. Dude, I swear Kiki asked this question out of air. He says, buttermilk or ranch. See, I don't know what he means either. I think does he mean like buttermilk ranch or normal ranch? If that's the case, I've never had buttermilk ranch. But buttermilk is literally milk, right? I don't, yeah. 
you use it to cook and stuff. But oh, is yeah. there like a is there a buttermilk dipping sauce specifically? I think we just got to do ding for reader mill, but I do believe you're you're too late. Whoever it is, buttermilk Maybe ranch not. dipping sauce recipe. So that's no, buttermilk I was say, ranch. Buttermilk ranch is a thing, but I've never had it. But he, the way he's asking the question, like buttermilk or ranch? Yeah, I don't know, man. Kiki, that's a, let us know because I know you're let us know in the Discord. We'll we'll come back to that question. Um, the follow up question. Is the follow up question is even weirder. So qu- I'm gonna let you fix that one too, Kiki. Do you dip your fries in buttermilk or ketchup? I mix it when both are available. I see. I want to say he mixes buttermilk ranch and ketchup, that, and that sounds which more makes reasonable sense because you're not mixing milk and ketchup. Kiki, let us know. <laughs> we'll expand on this on the next episode because right now I, I'm kind of hungry. But I actually am very hungry, and Saul, we need to get you going. So, um, well, that was the last question anyway. So, yep. So we are good. This has been Triangle Squared Reader Mail Episode 9. You said 10. This This is Episode 9. Is it not 10? We will we will nip that question in the bud. It is right nine. I just now. now thought about it because I'm the one that posts the tweeters. It is and, nine. Yeah. Whoops. Episode nine. So sorry, sorry to throw you guys off. So at the beginning of the episode, people go like, "What happened to nine? If you uh, if you before I can realize that you watched it, if you are uh, that doesn't well no that wouldn't work. I was gonna say if you can let me know like, hey, this is the wrong episode before I have time to realize you get to this part. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm not psychic, so we'll see you guys next time. For well, we'll see if anybody else says it and tweets at us before they're finished listening to the episode or says something in discord well that's what i'm saying is that like, i don't know when it goes up on patreon it just goes up whenever in a you, minute it will oh, okay well you guys might be able to know <laughs> but anyways thank you guys for tuning in to episode 11 and uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys for episode 12 thank you thanks to our patrons we have a couple of new ones still chad v dan barber josh jarrell matthew green my name is dan douglas below Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Justin Rowe, William Digital Spooker, Digital Spooker, and Mr. Derek Porter. If you would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to the link below or going to patreon.com slash nartech. Thank you.